This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me again is the lovely, illustrious, amazing, wonderful Ariel. Wow. <laughs> wow. I sound a little nasally because I'm a little sick right now, everybody. So uh, we both do. So <laughs> I do apologize, but the show must go on. <sighs> and what a show it is. We're finally getting to Ocarina of Time. Ooh. So, uh, I want to do a couple of housekeeping things for this. So the first thing we have to talk about is the fact that we're going to be in Ocarina of Time for a while. And I don't want to do housekeeping. I already do it at home. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So we're going to be in this for a while because this is a major diving off point. I know we've said it before, but I want to reiterate that we're going to be doing extremely deep dives into different things during this because... This is where everything culminates and disseminates into three different timelines. Ocarina of Time is my number one favorite Legend of Zelda game. It's funny you should say that because I know part of your summary goes into a lot of it being everyone's favorite. No, it's just mine. (laughs) Nobody else liked it. That's not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, uh, before we get started, I do have one little interesting fact about the Ocarina of Time. I'm going to be jumping in every once in a while with an interesting fact here and there. Yeah, he's stealing my part. Oh. So, our very first interesting fact for this episode is that it was initially going to be a first-person perspective and was a, was changed later on in the development. So Shigeru Miyamoto originally wanted to do it first person. However, he later changed his mind wanting to showcase the beautiful world around Link instead. The whole concept he originally came up with was to have the sword and shield and everything in your vision and kind of do it Skyrim style. But then he was like, oh, the world's too beautiful and I want to include Link into it. So we're just going to go ahead and stick with a third person kind of style. Oh, 
I'm glad they did. Me too. <laughs> but there's our first interesting fact to kick this all off. So with that being said, Ariel, what is our summary for Ocarina of Time? Well, we say summary, but really it's just like some little interesting facts about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Ocarina of Time was the fifth main installment of the Legend of Zelda series. And it was the first to be released for the Nintendo 64. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was released in the United States on November 23rd, 1998. Uh-huh. And as well as the first Legend of Zelda game that was visually displayed in 3D. Yes. Yeah, I know. You have to say yes. <laughs> I already know. So... A remake of the game came out for the Nintendo 3DS on June 2011 called Ocarina of Time 3D. So let's get into some praise. Yes, this is the part I was talking about. Yeah, some praise. So it scored the first perfect 40 out of 40 in Famitsu Magazine, a feat only 26 games have ever achieved. Uh-huh. And actually, in those 26 games, uh, The Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, and Breath of the Wild also fall in there. Yep. G4 Television, as well as Nintendo Power, listed it as the number one game of all time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it is listed in the Guinness World Records Gamers Edition 2008 as the highest ranked game of all time. Rightfully so. Yep. And in the 2010 Gamers Edition, it was updated as the most critically acclaimed game of all time. Sticking in that Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> and then the last little thing I have, it is the highest scoring game of all time on Metacritic at 99 out of 100. Yeah, still the highest scoring. Yep. That is that is crazy. I'm actually going to, at some point during this whole dive of Ocarina of Time, I'm going to figure out what they missed that one point for. And I bet you it's going to be something super petty. Yeah, I was going to say that they were wrong and they miscounted the 100 out of 100. 100%. I count for a recount. <laughs> I count for a recount. I count for a recount. Uh, so yeah, that's what I have on my little info on the actual game of Ocarina of Time. Well, I have some more praise for this game. Are you ready for it? Always. (laughs) So, obviously, Ocarina of Time is one of the most beloved games of all time. We know that. We see the stats. But in addition to that, more than 1,700 speedrunners have rushed through the game with an average time of nine minutes. The fastest speedrunner on record completed the game in just six minutes and 49 seconds. Jesus. Yeah. I had had other choice words, but (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it was it's an incredible feat. Uh, As anybody who's played this game knows, it is a very lengthy game and it's a very good game. So you don't really feel the length throughout it, but it is very lengthy. For people to complete it in nine minutes is impressive, but someone to complete it in six minutes almost seven ridiculously fast I my mind is blown because wow oh yeah 
So with all those interesting facts and uh, there are little synopsis out of the way, let's get into the nitty gritties of this. So this takes place 10 years after the event of the Hyrulean Civil War. And we've discussed the Hyrulean Civil War earlier in the podcast, so I'm not going to go too in-depth with it. But our story picks up with our, our, our boy Link. He is living in the Kokiri Forest. And once again, something else we've talked about early on in the podcast. So we're not going to go too in-depth with it. But to, su- to summarize, for those who may not have listened to that episode or may not completely understand it, Kokiri Forest is a forest of basically children. They never grow up. Um, I'm going to cut in here a little bit and say another little interesting fact was this was based off of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. So the creator has come out and flat out said that he based not only Link's, you know, familiar costume, the green tunic off of Peter Pan, but also this very situation of the Kokiri children in the Lost Woods was based off of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, which is awesome by its own right. You know what would have been cool? What? Is if they took Peter Pan off, you know, and just made it after the Lost Boys. I mean, you're right. That would have taken a completely different turn, but (laughs) still really awesome. So Link is living in the Lost Forest in the Kokiri part of the forest because he was adopted by the Deku Tree. The great Deku Tree. Sorry, got to get my... Got to get it right here. Well, yeah, I mean, he is pretty great. <laughs> uh, but to summarize what happens at the very beginning, essentially the great Deku Tree summons Navi, which we'll get into Navi and a little bit deeper dive when we get to fairies, uh, this part of the series. But nonetheless, he summons Navi and says, I need you to go and get Link. Desperate times, dire times. Summons Link And, you know, this is where we have to go find our sword, shield and everything else. And we'll get into all the nitty gritties later. But eventually we get to the great Deku tree and he begins to tell us a story about how the world was forged and created. This is where we learn about the golden goddesses. We know who's responsible for what and great in depth. And then he begins to explain what kind of darkness has arisen across the land. And this is where we are set on course for the very first steps of this game. We have to dive deep into the Great Deku Tree as he's being tainted by some sort of evil force. As we go through and we quest through, we find that he's been cursed by some sort of creature. Now that creature, again, we will get into when we get into Deeper Dives of Bosses next episode. But nonetheless... You defeat these creatures, you defeat the big boss, and you are free to leave the Great Deku Tree at that point. But this is a very sad moment in this particular game because this is the demise of the Great Deku Tree. And with his final parting words, he sends, gives Link the stone for the forest and sends him to quest towards Zelda to aid her in gathering rusty stones to open the sacred temple. So this is where our journey really begins. And the process continues where we go, we we meet with Zelda, she tells us where to find the rest of these stones. 
we go, we gather the stones, and then up. Uh, would you? Wouldn't you have it? It's not over yet. We go and we open the temple of time, and there we grab the sword, and we are sent seven years into the future. During which time, not only has Ganondorf attempted to get the Triforce but actually broke the Triforce into three pieces this is where Ganondorf gets the Triforce piece of power Zelda gets the piece of wisdom and Link gets of course the piece of courage now our quest is to go and find the seven sages so as Link you go through different areas together different sages and these are generally characters from when you were a child that you've met um, that have some sort of great connection to not only the temple in that area, but Link himself. We find the seven sages. We journey through and try to fix up a bunch of things that Ganondorf has messed up for us. He, he froze the lake where the Zora domain is. He sealed off the food supply for, you know, it, it, tons of bad stuff. Bad, bad guy, really bad guy. We'll get into all that stuff later as we go through each area individually. But in a nutshell, we finally get to fight Ganondorf in the big finale. And this is actually why we're staying in Ocarina of Time for a little while to do all these deep dives. Because at this point in the timeline, this is where we split. And the split is during this fight. First, I want to talk about the natural flow of time. So the natural flow of time in this is going to be where we successfully beat Ganondorf and we go back in time. And this is the timeline that I lovingly refer to as Link is a narc. <laughs> yep. Because Link goes back in time and tells Princess Zelda and the king exactly what Ganondorf is up to. Which causes the king to capture Ganondorf and basically save the day early on and Link is free to continue his heroic deeds this natural flow takes us into Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess and Four Swords Adventures and so on and so on so this is the natural flow of time because what would you do honestly if you had the ability to go back and forth in time freely <laughs> pull a butterfly effect <laughs> prevent it from ever happening right yeah exactly that's why i call this the natural flow of the timeline however there are two other points of this timeline one where we are not successful and ganon beats us anyway which is the hero falls timeline which brings us into a lot of our classic nes super nes those titles is what brings us into that is the downfall of the hero timeline we weren't successful ganon killed us and took the Triforce of Courage and Power and Wisdom and became the mighty Ganon. And then we have the last timeline, which is the Hero is Triumphant timeline, which in this timeline, it's actually a result of us winning and going back in time, creating the other timeline, the natural flow timeline. Because this leaves... The hero is successful timeline or the adult timeline as people lovingly call it with no hero because there's no hero 
the goddesses have to result to drastic measures when Ganon comes back and they basically flood the whole world, which creates the Wind Waker and so on and so forth. So that is the adult timeline where we have to fix yet again another mistake caused by Ganon. So those are our three timelines. And that is why we're going to focus on Ocarina of Time, because not only is it our pivotal point where everything divides, but it's also the point where everything begins to connect. This is the evolution of the world and where it's where it finally hits its evolutionary marks. In addition to this, this actually wasn't originally supposed to be the way it worked out, because this was actually supposed to be the first game in the timeline. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so there's your next interesting fact is that this was actually planned to be the first game in the uh, complete Legend of Zelda timeline. However, because there were still so many unanswered questions as to what happened prior to these events, they actually developed more games in the beginning, which is our Minish Cap, our Four Swords, our, you know. Well, they uh, Four Swords was supposed to be the beginning. Yeah. The- and... You know, then they added the Minish mm-hmm. Cap and mm-hmm. Skyward Sword. And the whole reason as to why they keep going, well, never mind, this isn't going to be the beginning, is because there's so many unanswered questions. That's why I personally love Skyward Sword as the first game, because it doesn't leave any questions unanswered, really. It answers all of them. Why did all this start? Well, this is why. Big old war between the people of Hyrule the goddesses and the demons. This is why it all started. Boom. There's no unanswered questions anymore. It's right there. So, but yeah, there's been multiple games since Ocarina of Time that they were like, this is the beginning. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. This is the beginning. So this is another one of the situations where they thought this would be the beginning. It'd be a good start. And it's not. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. So yes, That is everything in a nutshell. It's very nutshelled, but the reason is is because I don't want to get too in-depth with anything, even in the summary of the gameplay, until we get to those certain moments. Because moving forward into this dive, we're going to be talking about temples, areas, specific characters. We're going to be deep diving into everything about this game for the most part, and talking about it in the summary is only going to confuse us when we get to it. Or be redundant. Exactly. So, with all that being said, I think this is the perfect time for a mid-break. What do you think, Ariel? Yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. In the middle of the episode, Ariel. Do you know what we do? The first thing? It's awful middly in here. No. We skip right to thanking our oh-so-wonderful and lovely patrons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So first up from the top, we have our golden goddess level patron, Kex. Next, we have our Hyrule royalty, Paul Butt. After that, we have our Sheikah patrons, Deadeye0325 and Relic2Rebman. And our Kokiri patron, Remington Cloutier. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Pretty awesome. All of you are awesome. So I know we say thanks to our patrons and we say thanks for everybody for listening and sharing and commenting and reviewing. 
But I want to say an extra special thanks right now. Because this is before we get to the reviews, because what people don't realize is and I shouldn't say most people don't realize is that when you leave reviews and comments and you listen and you do all these things, you share it with friends and people are clicking on it and all these things, it actually affects analytics. And those analytics promote us up higher on the list. More people get to see us. More people get to, you know, realize we exist. And it's awesome. It's super helpful. And it helps us grow immensely. So I want to take this moment to give everyone a huge thank you for leaving the comments, leaving the reviews, listening, sharing it with friends, you know, blowing up the discord left and right. It, It... It's just incredible and it's helpful and it's so awesome to know that we're doing something that a lot of people love and enjoy because I know for one, me personally, I love and enjoy talking about Legend of Zelda left and right. I don't. I'm just along for the ride. Oh, you're a liar. (laughs) But I mean, in all seriousness, yes. And in all seriousness, even though... You all have been amazing with all of your five-star reviews. If you have any suggestions of things that we could change or do better, just please let us know. Mm -hmm. Because we're willing to make things better for you. Mm -hmm. Or even episode ideas. If you want to leave them in your review and say, hey, I'd love to see an episode. We've had a few of those. Music, glitches. You've had a few episode ideas. Those are wonderful. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that Mm -hmm. at some point. This show is a, for us to talk about Legend of Zelda in, in depth and, you know, just gush all over it. But it's also a show for you to get the knowledge that you are looking for. So, again, just a huge thank you. Thank you to our patrons for supporting us. Thank you for our listeners and for sharing and commenting and reviewing. And just, just thank yous all around because everybody's incredible. I love this community. I don't have a negative thing to say. (laughs) Well, with that being said, I think it's time for some reviews. What do you think, Ariel? Why not? Why not? All right. Here we go. All right. So we're going to we're going to read off four of them today. Ready? So our first one comes from Ellie Pupper. Great podcast. I love Breath of the Wild so much, but I thought too small. I only knew of two games. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But as I went through, I've learned of more games such as Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, and Skyward Sword. Now, when I listen to this podcast, I like it so much. Five stars for sure. P.S. Please make a Breath of the Wild episode. Oh, we're going to. And it is going to be, I'd say, ten times of a deeper dive than the Ocarina of Time episode. All I'm going to say is I'm on a goal right now to reach all 900 Korok seeds. Oh my gosh. I'm at 300 something. (laughs) I I can attest to this. She has been adamantly hunting those Korok seeds. Yep, I got my little Korok mask. (laughs) And we're just roaming around finding Korok seeds uh, Link or just, so. just cruising for a bruising, huh? Uh, we're just cruising for some poop. That's <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, well, our next review comes from Mon Goo. Best discovery of 2022. Can I just say, wow, 
I grew up watching my sister play these games, and then I started to. So this series has a special place in my heart, and now this podcast does too. No. The energy you guys have is immaculate. I literally listen to this on my way to work every single day if I already heard it once. Thank you guys for creating something so precious and amazing. I can't wait to listen to the rest of this podcast, especially the Twilight Princess episode. I'm so glad Ariel is feeling better, and I hope you continue to get better and stay healthy. Thank you. That's so sweet. That is sweet. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, Twilight Princess is coming up pretty quick. Yes. Yes. Let's get into the dark side. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) So our next one comes from The Laws Lover. Love this podcast. I just found your podcast. Even though I have never played LOZ, I'm going to get it soon, though. So I thought I should learn as much as possible. You have made that a possibility. Thank you. More, please. Absolutely. I will definitely adhere to that request. Sure thing. Absolutely. (laughs) So next one we have is from the one, the only hero of time. What a a coincidence. Hmm. We're, We're talking about him today. We talk about him all the time. We do. (laughs) Great show. Five stars. Awesome show. It is great to have a place to listen to such lure rich Zelda content. Look forward to hearing about the Ocarina of Time. Well, look forward no more. It's here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I think I think I'm going to do one more. Just going to do one more. Do it. So this one comes from us from Silas Lee Alexander. Good pod. The hosts are great. And I really like listening to you guys talk about Zelda. And we really enjoy talking about Zelda. I would hope so, since we uh, do a podcast, yeah. (laughs) So, those are some of the reviews. Because we've got a lot of catching up to do. We've got a lot of reviews to go back and read. So, whoo. (laughs) You guys are awesome. I know. So, with our reviews and our thanks out of the way. Ariel, what have you brought for us today? I brought some merch. Much like I always do. Woo-woo! And this one is really awesome. So it's True Heroes Never Die, the Legend of Zelda 3D bedding set. Uh, it's awesome. I saw it and I want it. Yeah, <laughs> this comes from Army Merch Shop and it's just, it's freaking awesome. So it's a black um, duvet, duvet cover. Mm-hmm. And it's got gold on it, designs. Uh, it's just the Master Sword, the Triforce, the Hyrule Royal Family Seal, mm-hmm. all slapped on this really awesome duvet cover. Yeah. And the two pillowcases are just little mini versions of what's exactly on the duvet cover. So it's really awesome. You can get it either the duvet cover and two pillowcases or the duvet cover flat sheet and two pillowcases. Ooh. It comes from sizes between twin and California king. And, you know, prices vary on uh-huh. this. So, you know, the lowest price is if you get just the duvet cover and two pillowcases, a twin size, it's 60 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. No. And... You know, let's just now go to the most expensive with the duvet cover flat sheet and two pillowcases and a California King. And now that's $130. 
honestly, still not a bad price. No, it's not bad because it's a California King. Mm -hmm. That's gigantic for one. Yeah. And you get a flat sheet as well as everything else. Mm -hmm. So 130 bucks. It's really not that bad. No, not at at all. all. I've paid a lot more for a lot less. Yeah, a lot less. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to post this link in the show notes and you should check it out because it's really awesome. Really awesome. It is awesome. I love the like how they've put all of those elements together in like a tribal like design. It's really cool looking. Yeah, because my description doesn't give it justice. No, you have to see it. Yes. Yes. The minute you showed it to me, I was like, I we, we need that on our bed right now. <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever go for it because it's it's either that or Resident Evil. But <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I also brought merch today. What? What? So we're talking about Ocarina of Time. And I took to Etsy to see if there was any awesome Ocarina of Time merch I could talk about. And once you have it, there's a ton of it. But this one really caught my eye. This comes to us from Under the Cloak Studio. And I want to I wanna highlight a couple things with them. Number one, they've already had 351 sales for items they've done with Legend of Zelda. They have a solid five-star review and 117 reviews. So you know the quality of your stuff you're getting from them is good. I wanted to highlight that because that's pretty impressive. But anyway, what I am bringing is none other than the hook shot from the Ocarina of Time. And this thing is awesome looking. I mean, it looks super realistic, super realistic. I know, like I'm looking at it right now and it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So you can get this in two different styles. One is the regular style, which is our beloved blue sh- hook shot. And the other one is a shadow style, which honestly is more of like a uh, what is that what you would call it like a rainbow-esque style um there's a name for it yeah i, I keep wanting to say iridescent but that's not it well it's very uh i can't i can't i really don't know how to describe it it's colorful yeah it's a very colorful version of it um it sticks to more of like the blues the purples the it's like when you heat metal that's the easiest way to explain it but it's still pretty cool looking. So you can get those two options. Um, and it's for sale right now for $120. However, if you're looking to get one, I would rush out there and get one soon because there is only nine left in store. Yeah. And when you buy one, just go ahead and buy me one. Too. <laughs> I don't think that's how this works. Darn. Uh, I but, tried. Hey, yeah, I know. Uh, I did find from the same people, they did a really cool uh, mirror shield, but they're out of stock. So that was a little disappointing. But needless to say, that is my item for the week. That, it, yeah, that's a pretty cool. It, yes. Yes. I just want one to carry around with me, to be honest, on my hip when I go to work. <laughs> Speaking of... Ariel, don't we have one more thing to talk about this episode? I am too busy trying to figure out what that word is. (laughs) Well, then I'll go ahead and cover it now. No, because it's my line. Especially now with this. With this 
game that we're covering, Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah. Because who wouldn't want an ocarina? <gasps> uh, I need an ocarina. You really do. I do. This... I'm about to whoop your butt in an ocarina duel. <laughs> so you should head on over to STL Ocarina. Mm-hmm. And use the promo code LOZLORE10 yep. to get 10% off your purchase yes. of the ocarina that you will lose in. Oh, wow. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I say this and watch you win, I, and I just fail mm, miserably. Mm, mm, I can play but, hot cross buns. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, if you ever, you know, need or want or both an ocarina, mm-hmm. head on over to STL Ocarina. Their ocarinas are superb. Yes. Nothing short of superb. And here's here's the thing. I, you hear podcasts all the time. They do They do sponsorship, you know, voiceovers <laughs> for stuff like this all the time. This is something different. Okay. We talk about STL Ocarina because they are fans of the show and they actually reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, and we, I've known about their Ocarina's for quite some time and I know the quality is good, but they actually reached out to us because we've talked about them a few times, even without a sponsorship because they're just that good. Yeah. They deserve the praise. That was, uh, I brought that to the table. Mm-hmm. Very, one of the very first episodes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, they deserve that praise. And I'm honored that they would be willing to work with us uh, to give them that praise. So, yeah, we always do funny little skits and things. But the important thing is, is that they are a great company and the Ocarinas are extremely great quality. And they have several different designs. Yeah, because I can... I can vouch for that, seeing that I have one mm-hmm. that we purchased, and it's phenomenal. It's just it really is beautiful. It's amazing. We can go on for days, but we have a podcast to do. Yep. <laughs> so head on over to STL Ocarina if you want to get your own ocarina with ten percent off by using the code LOZLURE ten. And on that note, Ariel. I think it's time for us to get to the end of the episode. We are back for the end of the episode. So this, the end of the episode, since this is, this has been really long, we are going to let, excuse me, we are going to let Ariel rattle off her fun names for the creatures here, which is Ariel's corner, which, what, what do we call this? Well, it's not impressions because I'm not making impressions no, of them. No, no. Uh, my interpretations of them. Interpretations of Ariel's them. Ariel's interpretation corner. Yes. So there's a lot of enemies to go through. So I will let you get to them. But first, I have another interesting fact this episode. You ready for this? Oh, I don't have a choice, do I? <laughs> so our interesting fact is about none other than Epona. So originally in development of this game, the mode of transportation was going to be the Pegasus boots. That was going to allow you to run around faster and transport you from to and from certain destinations. However, Shigeru Miyamoto simply liked horses. And he wanted... He thought it would be cool if Link would ride a horse in this. And I have to agree. <laughs> I like Opponas. Um, oh, Opponas, awesome. Just awesome. 
You know who's more awesome though? Ganon's horse. I, I Ganon's horse is awesome. <laughs> that big, massive, big boy horse. <laughs> so, basically, what had happened was, Ig Anuma, yeah, Ig Anuma, and Ig Anazuka were both working on the dungeons. They were the dungeon designers for the team. Uh, and other develop, you know, they were developing other things, and they were actually approached by Shigura, and he had basically said, yeah, "How cool would it be if we had horses in this?" And they were like, "Okay, yeah, because you love horses, we know, because you spend all of your off duty, uh, you know, off, off Nintendo, time. yeah, off time. There you go. You spend all your off time hanging around horses all the time. There's tons of pictures of you with horses." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I do love horses." And they got to thinking about it, and they're like. Actually, it would really, really cool. Not a whole lot of 64 games or 3D games, period, do horseback riding. So, thus we have Epona. I feel like you can't make fun of somebody who spends a lot of time with horses. Like, that's just not a thing. No, it's not. Because if I could, I would spend time with horses (laughs) all the time. But I don't live on a farm. You're you're right. We don't. (laughs) We should change that. You won't let me because you won't even let me have two dogs. (laughs) So there's our interesting fact on how Epona got into the game. I like it. I like it a lot. So at this point, I defer to Ariel's interpretation corner. I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. So... (laughs) This is just enemies. We're going to go over sub-bosses and bosses... At a different time. So keep that in mind. Even though this is an extremely lengthy list. Oh my gosh, yes. Here we go. Let's get started. I have the green puzzle-loving Poe sister with leek hair and random green torch. Amy. (laughs) I have the Egyptian jackal screw. Anubis. The pretend warrior statue. Armos. The Killer Shark Leaf, Baby Dodongo. The Psychedelic Electrified Crabs, the Bari. The Indestructible Pretend Statue, Bamos. <laughs> the Blue Torched Angry Poe Sister, Beth. The Giant Angry Plant, the Big Deku Baba. <laughs> The unacclaimed father of the little pose, Big Poe. <laughs> the big giant eight-legged skull of death, the big Sculptula. The psychedelic jellyfish of doom, the Beery. The upgraded shuriken, the blade trap. The blue flamed skull bats, blue bubble. The <laughs> Red eye blue crab, blue tektite. Chris's best friend, Boulder. <laughs> That's a little RE nod there. There you go. And here's another little RE nod. Here's another little RE nod. The merchant of Hyrule, <laughs> which is the business scrub. The business scrub. <laughs> the techno loving piggy, Club Moblin. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> the baby angry plants, the Deku Babas. 
the nut spewing annoying leaf blob, the Deku scrubs. <laughs> the Raptor soldiers, Dinolfos. The Raptor soldiers. Raptor soldiers, Dinolfos. <laughs> the adult shark leaf, Dodongo. The flaming bats, the fire keys. B flat Poe, flat. B flat Poe. <laughs> Get it flat because he's one of the composer brothers. Oh my gosh. He's flat Poe. <laughs> so the thing wannabes, the floor masters. Oh uh, my gosh. Because they're hands. No. I got Elsa's more attractive brother, the Freezard. Elsa's more attractive <laughs> brother. <laughs> I got the petrified mummy, the Gibdo. The eight legged pretty skull of death, the gold. Sculptulas. Ooh. The green flamed skull bats, which are the green bubbles. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, this one's funny. I thought the rupee pooping birds, the guays. Oh my gosh, I hate those things. <laughs> but they poop rupees. Yeah, and they take them from you too. <laughs> Sometimes they take items. They're annoying. They're I awful. I got the cold bats, the ice keys. The fiery Poe sister, Joelle. She's fiery. Fiery. <laughs> oh boy, what's this one? Taco Bell's worst enemy. <laughs> the, the giant burrito like like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got the toothy purse, the levers. <laughs> it looks like a toothy purse. <laughs> Just saying. I got the I couldn't believe it could look any angrier. Mad Scrubs. <laughs> I can't say it on a PG podcast. Lizzlefuss. Oh, yeah, I know why you can't say it. Yep. <laughs> if you're in Discord, we'll put it in later. <laughs> I got the ugly piggies, the moblins. Uh. I got Margaret, the oldest and least attractive post sister. Oh, wow. Meg. <laughs> Meg. <laughs> the octo piece of rubble octorox oh boy i honestly have a, a non-pg version of what i really call the octorox you'll have to share that one in the, the discord as well i'm gonna have to <laughs> i got the slimy chinese finger traps the parasitic tentacles <laughs> it, it's bad because that's what i used to think of them as when i was a kid too <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and to be honest, I have a extremely non PG version of what I called them, and I can't even put that on the Discord. I'm not comfortable. With yeah, no, no, that one's a yeah. That one's a. I'm just gonna keep that to myself. Yep. <laughs> so I got the flying insect of treasure, the pea hat. Oh boy. Uh, the unwrapped mummy, the redead. I hate those things. <laughs> the red flamed skull bats, the red bubbles. Uh. Red Eye Red Crab, the Red Tektite. <laughs> the at first glance, really pretty, but upon further inspection, full of lies, the Shabam. <laughs> I got B Sharp Composer Brother, Sharp. <laughs> Who goes with flat? You have B flat and B sharp, huh? Yeah, I mean, come on. They named them sharp and flat. Oh, of course. Yeah, it Just was. Add the B in front of it. It was very much a pun. And then I have when oysters attack a B-rated special. 
the shell blades. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect title for a horror movie. Yeah. A horrible B-rated movie. Oh my god. That would actually be awesome. So I got the terrible skull tattoos, Sculptulous. <laughs> and I have the slightly askew terrible skull tattoos, the skull watchless. Oh. Who look just like the Sculptulous, just slightly askew. <laughs> The red-eyed, just want to be friends if you play music, Skull Kid. Oh, poor Skull Kid. <laughs> the skeletal dinosaur zombies, the Stall Childs. Uh. I got the skeletal Sinbad, Stallfos. Skeletal Sinbad. Yeah, look at a picture of him. Look at a picture of the <laughs> Stallfos. It looks like a skeletal Sinbad. Uh. Uh, the I'm really a stingray with a twist so no one would notice, the stinger. I got the electrified maggots, the tail pasaran. Oh boy. They look like little electrified maggots. Pull it. <laughs> I know, I hate maggots. So I got the grosser thing wannabes, the wall masters. Ooh, I hate those. Oh, I can't wait to talk about those. Nah. I got the flaming melted Cheetos, the torch slugs. Flaming melted Cheetos. It looks like a flaming hot Cheeto that's been then out. melted. Yeah. Yep. I have the white flaming skull bat, the white bubbles. Ooh. The I'm really a good boy, Wolfos. Oh no. <laughs> and the I'm really a good boy with white fur, the white Wolfos. <laughs> I see your favoritism there. <laughs> They're really good boys. You just have to get to know them. I don't think so. <laughs> They're good boys. And that is my list of enemies and my interpretations of them. I hope you know that during this newly introduced interpretation corner, I personally will never be able to look at these enemies the same. And I don't think any of our fans will be able to either. Good. <laughs> good, because uh, I'm full of it. Just keep on listening. So our last interesting fact about this game for this episode, because there's tons of interesting facts about this. Uh, we're talking about enemies. Let's talk about the fighting style that Link uses. So this fighting style is actually sourced from uh, where else? Japan. What? <gasps> what? So the fighting style they used in the combat system for this game is called Shambara. Okay. And this fighting style is it, it basically in a nutshell, it involves concealing martial abilities and movements from enemies during a fight, which you do quite often when you Z target. Now in the development of this, for the game, they actually had more than 100 people, including martial artists and stunt performers, to capture authentic movements for this game, for both enemies and Link alike. So that's pretty incredible on its own. But the other thing is, is that during development, the entire team was sent to watch reenactment battles utilizing this martial arts or fighting style. In addition, a lot of the dances and things you see in this game were also performed by these same performers. 
they also utilized the same stuff for Majora's Mask. So I thought it was pretty incredible that they actually had their entire production team go to watch this, to see the movements and everything else. And this is actually where our Z-targeting evolved from because they watched how they fought their opponents and it was incredible how they focused. They were able to focus and stay focused while moving around so rapidly. So this is what the development team wanted was to have this kind of targeting system for Link. Thus birthed the Z targeting system. And in addition to this, all of this, again, another credible, awesome part of this fact is that when they were watching these shows be put on, they realized that the hero or the antagonist in this would only be attacked by one enemy at a time. Once again, they put this into the game so that you wouldn't be overwhelmed. No matter how many enemies were on screen, you wouldn't be overwhelmed and you'd be attacked individually, one-on-one, by an enemy taking turns. And this system, though it is still in place today with the rest of the 3D Zelda games, it has also evolved. So, in the way it's evolved is it's actually gotten faster. So, you may have one enemy attacking you and then almost immediately after, the other enemy will hit you from behind. So it's evolved over time, but it's kept the same kind of premise. So I thought it was incredibly cool. That really is. It, they did a lot of research behind this game before they released it. And early, even early on in the development stages, they did a lot of research and tried to make it the best game they could. And it paid off big time. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, this came out for the Nintendo 64, uh-huh. where you have games that didn't put the time and effort. Uh-huh. And then it was just phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, this game went on to inspire several of the beloved games that we have today, such as the Soul series. Elden Ring itself was inspired dramatically by the Legend of Zelda series. Yeah. So, I mean, all these AAA titles took from what Ocarina of Time developed and created for the world and ran with it. So, without Ocarina of Time, we wouldn't have quite a few of the AAA games we have today. Yeah, or even if we did, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. as amazing as what it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, with all that being said, I think this is where we should end this episode. Probably should. <laughs> but before we go, I do have to give another special shout out to two podcasts that I I enjoy deeply. Uh, our friends at the Hello, Hyrule podcast. Um, Great podcast. Go check it out. It is a travel log podcast about pretty much every individual area in each game. And it's done so well. It's amazing. And I love it. It's it's great fun. I I tell ask Ariel all the time now what she thinks certain enemies taste like. And it's solely because of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. You're so disappointed. I mean, I'm fully willing 
if anybody wants to know what anything tastes like, <laughs> I am fully willing to tell you my sarcastic, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you and if you are looking for something like that with a a rich, funny yet informational kind of approach to diving into each individual area in each game in the Legend of Zelda journey with Chris and Pete as they travel through Hyrule and uh, enjoy the sights with Hello Hyrule. And, uh, you know, enjoy the local eateries as well. Oh, of course. (laughs) I mean, didn't I say an Octorok tasted like uh, bad decisions and uh, slight turnip aftertaste? Yes. Really, really, it's more non-PG things that I yeah. I had said, but that's why I just stuck with bad decisions mm-hmm. with a slight turnip aftertaste. Of course. So the other pod I want to drop in here, um, this pod is more for our older audiences. So if you're below the age of 18, I wouldn't listen, uh, but it is a good pod. It is the First Encounters podcast. And our friends over there, Chris and Haney, they basically play through, uh, they're in season two right now, and they're actually playing through Majora's Mask. This is why I bring it up. Um, But it is a game where one friend will recommend a game to another friend that that friend has not played ever before. And these are some AAA games. First season was Final Fantasy VII, and you get to journey with them through a first encounter of that video game. And you get to really relive those experiences vicariously through one of the wonderful, wonderful hosts. Season one is actually Haney having to go through the entirety of Final Fantasy VII because he's never played it before. Uh, but it, the reactions are great and it's it's just a fun time. And season two, the tables are turned and none other than Chris has to go through all of Majora's Masks with because he's never played it before and it's good. It's a good time. I love their reactions to everything and the play-by-plays we get. It's a good time. So if you're interested in a a play-by-play pod and you really want to relive those first experiences through someone else, it's a great pod for you to go check out. I'm just saying season three should be a Resident Evil title. (laughs) I say this like it's mine or anything, (laughs) or I even know these people because I don't, but... Resident Evil. I Resident Evil. <laughs> you got so many games to choose from. I'm just saying, there's a lot. Oh, goodness. Well, with that being said, I think it is time for us to finally sign off. So, until next time, when we discuss our bosses and sub-bosses real in-depth, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.
Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.